Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5 this morning for a message titled, Answer. Verse 36, then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece of new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also, the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And he's talking about some old world problems here, not problems we have today. Because when we our clothes wear out here in America, we just throw them away and get new, right? We don't usually patch things too much. Unless you have a lot of boys like us, then you might patch the knee. But everything's pre-shrunk. And so we don't worry about these things, do we? Old world problems. In fact, today, everything we have, I don't know if you realize, but the, the Levi's and the jeans today are the sweats of the 80s, right? I mean, those sweats back then, our, our jeans are so stretchy and so comfortable now. You remember back in the 80s when you got those 501s and you put them on, you're like, and you didn't want to wash them or dry them because they would shrink and then you wouldn't be able to wear them anymore. And they were so stiff. Now they're just all made out of spandex. It's like we live in a, a free world. My mom came over last week. She was talking about how she made all of her clothes in high school. All of her friends were amazed that she had so many outfits because nobody had that many outfits, but she made them all herself. Now you can't even afford to buy fabric. You just buy clothes at Walmart. It's much cheaper. Strange world. But what Jesus is saying is you're not able to fit what he is offering into the old system, into an old way. Christianity does not fit into Judaism. The grace of Jesus Christ and the gospel of grace does not fit into the law and the Mosaic covenant. It does not fit. At the first church council, this became evident as there were those who were saying, you know, you have to keep the law and be circumcised in order to be saved. And Paul and Barnabas, they were sharing how they preached the gospel that Jesus Christ came to the world, perfect man, God in flesh, died for their sins, and the people received it and were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were saved, and they accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but had never been circumcised and never kept the law of Moses. And so then Peter stands up, speaking about his experience at Cornelius' house, and how he preached the gospel to these Gentiles, a centurion and over a hundred people in his house, and they had been filled with the Holy Spirit, and they baptized them. And they received salvation. And this is what Peter's conclusion was in Acts 15, verse 10 and 11. He says, Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? He's speaking of the law. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, Jews, shall be saved in the same way or same manner as they the Gentiles, by faith in Jesus Christ alone, not by righteousness of the law. He gives them another illustration, verse 37. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst and the wineskin will be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. Back in those days, they used leather wineskins and they were soft and, you know, like a new piece of soft leather you've had maybe. 
and they'd fill them up with wine and the wine of course had gas in it so as it fermented it would expand and the wineskin would stretch the, the soft leather would stretch but if you had old leather you ever had old leather and it just kind of gets hard and brittle because it hasn't been oiled and stuff and that's what would happen they just get hard and you know they they'd kind of stretch out and get hard and unflexible and if you were to put new wine in that pop it would blow you know just explode I've seen so many Christians over the years have their faith shipwrecked by legalism trying to bring themselves back under the law. Sabbath keeping and rule following and kosher diet and all kinds of things. What did, what did Paul have to say about that? He's, to the Galatians, he, was, he, he called them foolish for trying to continue in the flesh what had begun in the Spirit when it came to their Christian walk. But he said this about the law in Galatians 3.24. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. He uses this illustration. The law is like a, a tutor. It teaches us. The, the law shows us that we're a sin, that we're a sinner. In, in fact, the law is kind of like a mirror, if you will. You look in the mirror, you see that your face is dirty. And you know, by virtue of the mirror, I mean, you go all day long, you didn't realize, have you ever done that, gone all day long, not realizing your hair was a mess, or your face was dirty, or you had, your collar was standing up on end, or something, you look like a, a moron, and then you go to the mirror, and you're like, oh, you're kidding me, why did nobody tell me? Anybody ever experienced that? Man, one time I had a pocket that was out, inside out, and it was just hanging out there. You know, all day long, nobody told me. I was reaching for something, and I was trying to find something. I pulled my pocket out, and I forgot to tuck it back in. Moron. Anyway, do you use the mirror to clean your face? You wipe the mud off onto the mirror? <laughs> no, we don't do that. We use the basic, we use the cleanser to clean our face. And, and so he says the law is a schoolmaster which brings us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. You're no longer under the law. For you are the sons of God through faith in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized, were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. Whatever you were before has to be set aside. You have to forsake it and leave it. And then you become in Christ. That's what the Christian life is. Jesus says, follow me. And we leave and we follow him. We put on Christ and we die to who we were. And we become a new creation. Jesus may have joined the party with Levi, but he didn't join them to become them. He joined them to invite them to join him. And that's what happened. Mark tells us this in Mark chapter 2, verse 15. Now it happened, as he was dining in Levi's house, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Isn't that beautiful? They saw Jesus and they followed him. Jesus continues, verse 38. But new wine must be put in new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. If you have eaten good cheese, you know that the aged white cheddar cheese, the sharp cheese, is better than the medium sharp cheddar that you get. At, at the, I mean, some people are like, no. But many people, and, and if you're a wine connoisseur, which I am not, 
the old wine tastes better than the new wine. And, and that's the way that we are. No, this isn't the way we've always done things. This is what I like. I like the tradition. I like the ritual. You look at Catholicism or Orthodox churches and, and what you call high churches with cathedrals and candles and incense and rituals and relics. And, and they're beautiful and their ceremonies are intricate and beautiful and so full of meaning. It's like you walk into a Catholic church and everything means something. Everything has significance. There's nothing there that isn't full of all kinds of tradition and significance and, and beauty even. And, and you, you, you're just kind of captivated by all of it. And much of it is adopted or related back to the Old Testament and the rituals in the Old Testament temple and all the things that they did there. And, and it's just, it's fascinating, the incense and all that that's happening. It's like an overload to your senses, the visuals and the smells and the sounds of the chants. And we, we say, well, this has to be, this has to be what it's about. And they're beautiful in their ceremonies. They seem meaningful. However, they are not helpful. Remember the conversation that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4? Remember, they were together, and, and, and she said, well, we worship on Mount Gerizim. So our fathers told us to worship, and you guys worship in Jerusalem. She's like, which is right? Which is the best place? Which is the best ritual? Which is the best ceremony? What's the best method to worship God? And Jesus said to her in John chapter 4, verse 21, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Don't miss this, Christian. Jesus draws near to you and you have a choice. Am I going to continue to live how I've been living? Am I going to try to fit Jesus into my system? Am I going to try to sew him into my outfit? Am I going to put him into my bottle? Can I get Jesus to be a part of what I'm doing? Can I get Jesus to join me and, and to be a part of my life and what I've planned? And, and Jesus, you just stay right here and you just stay in those rooms. And I'm just going to leave the rest of it for me and you just be a part of me. If you do that, it's going to create a terror. It's going to create a mess. It's going to blow you up. Jesus is too big to be a part of what you're doing. But he calls you to leave things behind. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.